Today on The Faction, is CM Punk the real needle mover? Plus, we get you updated on the Continental Classic, and we ask, is the WWE too top-heavy? All of this and more today on The Faction. What's going on, good people? Happy Monday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I am your man, Gerard Bonner, and I am excited to be talking again about the wonderful world of pro wrestling. There's so much that we're going to get into today. Plus, I want to make sure I tell you about my weekend at Ashe Wrestling. We're going to get into all of that. But first, I want to say thank you, as we always do, because you guys are absolutely amazing. Thank you for your continued support of all things connected to The Faction. At The Faction Show on the socials across Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, those of you who are subscribed to our podcast, that means the absolute world. Thank you for supporting what we do. And do me a favor. I definitely need you to continue to support what we're doing. We're getting ready to go into a pretty massive year. 2024 is going to be something special. Not just that, but we're going to end the year in a really strong way. I'm working on a series that chronicles the biggest stories of 2023. And let me just say, it seems as though every year you wonder how in the world can we top that? Well, listen, 2023 has definitely been one of the most newsworthy years in recent memory. So we're going to chronicle those stories and we'll probably do it over the course of multiple episodes. So go ahead and make sure you turn those notifications on so that when we drop this new content, you will be able to get it. We'll probably do some videos as well, and I'll see if I can pull in some of the guys whose voices you haven't heard in a while to get their perspective on these subjects as well. Now then, there's plenty to talk about, but I want to remind you of a couple of things. You can, of course, check out the merch that we have by going to prowrestlingtees.com slash bonafide. You'll check out two great shirts. There are some of you who have already purchased these, and I say thank you. I honor you. I appreciate you for rocking with us. If you haven't purchased one or two or many, go ahead and do that today at prowrestlingtees.com slash bonafide. Also, if you've already purchased some, but you might want to get some for a friend, now's a great time to do that as those shirts make a great Christmas gift for wrestling and non-wrestling fans alike. So make sure you do that. Also, you'll be able to check me out this Friday at Southern Honor. We'll be back there for a massive card, SHW 57, the final SHW card of 2023. So I'm really looking forward to that. And yeah. Ashe Wrestling, I'm going to tell you about that in a little bit, but you can certainly watch the replay from that by going to the website AsheWrestling.com. We'll get into that in a few minutes, but right now, I want to spend some time talking about some of the big things that happened this week in the space of pro wrestling. Now, I know you probably expect me to start in WWE, but I'm not going to. Instead, I'm going to start in All Elite Wrestling. And here's one of the reasons why. There's actually a video floating out there, and 
I don't know if I should share it here or just direct you to find it, but I was on Women's Wrestling Talk last week on WWT Live, and well, I got word that there are fans that have been wishing death onto AEW or basically predicted that the presence of CM Punk in WWE meant the death nail for AEW. And I personally disagree with that significantly. And I had quite a bit to say. I don't know if I'll air it on this platform or not, but go and check out Women's Wrestling Talk from last week. I shared some things on there. It was on the Monday show, so go ahead and check it out. But I will say this. I do believe, and this is a small synopsis of it, the full rant you can check out later, but I genuinely believe we need multiple wrestling companies in the space of pro wrestling. And all of them deserve to eat and all of them deserve to be hot. They each present something different for the flavor of wrestling that might reflect you or that you might like the most. Every wrestling company can't handle diversity on the scale that everybody wants. Every wrestling company isn't going to present the kind of wrestling that everybody likes. We we lived through those days when the WWE had no major competition. But as the indies grew and AEW was birthed, Impact began to grow, Ring of Honor resurfaced. All of wrestling is winning right now. So wishing death on another company, that's not wise. That's not prudent. With that said, I want to salute AEW and their new tournament called the Continental Classic. It's a tournament that is designed to go somewhere around the total of six weeks or so. And it will end at World's End, which is AEW's final pay-per-view of the year, on December the 30th. The rules are simple. There's the Gold League and the Blue League. Each of those leagues have six competitors. It's a round-robin tournament. Each match has a 20-minute time limit, three points for a win, one point for a draw, and there is no outside interference. And so the Gold League matches have been happening on Dynamite. The Blue League matches have been happening on Collision. And where we stand after each league has had two matches we stand here we're in the gold league john moxley and swerve strickland are both leading that bracket with six points apiece followed by roosh and jay white who each have three points and mark briscoe and jay lethal are yet to get on the board in the blue league Leading things is Brody King, which is surprising to a lot of people as he defeated the former Ring of Honor world champion Claudio Castagnoli this past Saturday on Collision. So he leads with six points. With three points right now is a three-way tie between Brian Danielson, Andrade El Idolo, and Claudio Castagnoli. Meanwhile, Daniel Garcia and Eddie Kingston have no points. And this is really interesting because Eddie Kingston put his two championships up for grabs in this tournament. That is the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship and the Ring of Honor World Championship. Both of those will go to the winner of the Continental Classic, who will also be named the Continental Classic Champion for AEW, thus creating what AEW is calling its North American Triple Crown. So let me say this. 
I love the idea of this tournament. This is the closest we've seen on U.S. soil to the famed G1. And let me just say, New Japan has mastered the art of tournaments, whether it is the G1 Climax, the World Tag League, the Junior Tag League, or Best of the Super Juniors. They master this tournament space. And so it's really cool to see AEW dive into that. I will say that I think that having Eddie Kingston putting his two titles on the line may have convoluted this thing because when you put too many championships up at stake, it's almost like if all of the lights are blaring, where's the actual light? If everything's an emergency, where is the emergency? So if you go into a first-time-ever tournament and walk out with three championships, what do we do next year, right? But be that as it may, that's a bit of a criticism, which we can objectively do in this space. With that said, I am glad that we're seeing this tournament happen. And let me also give you some great news for AEW. So, last week marked the opening of sales and pre-sale for AEW's All in London 2024. Yes, they started much earlier this year than last year, and already things are looking very good. So, the pre-sale tickets came up to somewhere around 27,000. Day one tickets as of Friday, according to Tony Khan, AEW has already sold over $4 million in tickets for All In 2024. That's really significant, guys, given the idea that the actual gate for All In 2023 was over $8 million. So they've done $4 million in sales on day one. Really, really great news. By all accounts, 2023 has been the most successful year in the history of AEW. So for those who are wishing death on the company, ah, uh, yeah. Again, you've not paid proper attention because AEW is very much alive and well. So congratulations to AEW. Again, all in London that week is actually going to be an amazing week for international pay-per-views because that will start the week on August the 25th. By the end of that week, August the 31st, the WWE will invade Berlin, Germany with two nights, Friday night SmackDown, followed by Bash in Berlin. So lots of great things happening in terms of AEW as well as international pay-per-views. So we'll be seeing what happens from here, but that's definitely big news for AEW and the Continental Classic, which is fantastic. Now then, some additional news. I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience at Ashe Wrestling this past Friday night. What an incredible honor. Shout out to Darius Lockhart, the curator of this amazing event. Six huge matches, incredibly historic moments, including the main event, Trish Adora against the legendary Aja Kong, marking the first time in the history of the Grady Cole Center, which housed tons of great NWA action, marked the first time ever that two women were in the main event. I don't want to tell you the results because hopefully you watched, but if you didn't watch, I want to invite you to check it out. It's an incredible, incredible night. You can check it out at AsheWrestling.com, the full pay-per-view event. Now, you might be asking, where was I and what was I doing? So, shout out to Chris Lee and to D'Lo Brown, who were handling commentary duties for the night. I was part of the broadcast team, so I had the opportunity to do a couple of great interviews. One of those interviews was with The Jet 
Kevin Knight, who I am a massive fan of, had a chance to be introduced to his work back at Battle Slam. He is the first African-American graduate of the New Japan Dojo. He's also a former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champion alongside Kushida. He's been doing amazing and incredible things, and it's an honor to have him as part of Ashe Wrestling. Also had the opportunity to interview the curator Darius Lockhart as we talked about his future in pro wrestling, and that led to something significant that will be happening in February. So I don't want to give it all away, but I do want you to go ahead and check it out. AsheWrestling.com. That's A-S-E Wrestling. AsheWrestling.com. You can check out the full pay-per-view from the inaugural event with Ashe Wrestling. It was absolutely incredible, special And I'm honored to be a part of this amazing team. And I'll just take this moment. I'll probably do this later on in the year. But my own personal reflections, I am so grateful for what 2023 has held for me in the world of pro wrestling. Literally, it feels like it's been a year full of announcements, starting from being able to join up with my good brothers over in the UK. That is Mex, a.k.a. Russell Maniac, and a Dazzle, who is, of course, the curator of Black Wrestling Alliance, to be a part of their weekly show, Wrestle Extra. It is something absolutely special. Being a regular contributor to WWT Live with Women's Wrestling Talk this year has been incredible. Obviously, the work I've been able to do with Southern Honor Wrestling, with the Nightmare Factory, and then adding some new promotions, including All Caribbean Wrestling and now Ashe Wrestling. The future feels really, really bright. And I'm really, really grateful. Also, one for the third consecutive year for commentator of the year, along with my broadcast partner, Brandon Benefield. So I'm just grateful. I'm grateful. And I believe 2024 is going to be even better. So thanks to all of you who continue to support what we are doing in the pro wrestling space. It means the world. Going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the return of CM Punk. What does this actually mean for the WWE and for pro wrestling. This is a total package, Lex Luger, and you are turned into the Batching. What's up, y'all? It's the Intergalactic Soul, the Honorable Brother, the Revolutionary Ourself, Darius Lockhart here. And I'm here with some exciting news on how you can watch our shape from home all across the globe. All you have to do is go to OshayWrestling.com and click on the tab, Watch Ashay. There, starting at midnight, November 24th on Black Friday, there'll be a downloadable link available for purchase that will send you directly to the Ashe live stream held on December 1st. From there, select your item. Click on the box, get your link. Check out using the cart located in the bottom right corner of your screen. Click check out, enter your form of payment information and complete your purchase. Once you're done, there'll be the option to download the item. Click this and download the PDF format attached, and once it opens, there will be a link at the bottom sending you directly to the live stream of the first ever Ashe show. Simple enough? Well, get this. If you make your purchase on Black Friday weekend, you'll only have to pay $10 to watch Ashe online. Only $10 as a part of our Black Friday sale. Once the weekend ends on Monday, the pricing will go back to the official price of only $15, hopefully still an affordable price for you and your people to enjoy. I hope this is an easy process for everyone and that you join us either in the building or on our live stream December 1st for Ashe Wrestling with doors opening at 6.30 and our live stream starting at 7.30 p.m. I hope to see you there, Ashe.
Are you ready? Yes! Hey guys, before we hop back into the podcast, I want to let you know that you have the opportunity to wear the merch of hopefully your favorite commentator. That's right. I have merch available representing us here at The Faction and representing my journey. Lego. You've likely heard about my journey into pro wrestling, and if you haven't, I can sum it up in a couple of words. Uh-oh. It took me five seconds of courage to bet on me so we've got great merch out there allowing you to tell the world about five seconds of courage and betting on you you can check out that merch right now at prowrestlingtees.com slash bonafide again prowrestlingtees.com slash bonafide check out this new merch representing yours truly in the world of pro wrestling bet on you five seconds of courage prowrestlingtees.com slash bonafide Attention wrestling fans, join us Friday, December 8th for our final show of the year as Southern Honor Wrestling presents SHW 57. Live from the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. After making waves for the past several months in Ring of Honor, the infantry returns home to SHW to take on Georgia's two-time tag team of the year, Exotic Youth. The ongoing feud between Ashton Star and Movie Mike finally comes to a head as they do battle in a petty party rules match. And in our main event, one half of the SHW Tag Team Champions, Joe Black, looks to become a double champ as he takes on the Southern Honor Champion, Judas, with the title on the line. All this and so much more as we usher in the holiday season with another massive card. Trust us, you don't want to miss this show. Tickets start at just $15 and go on sale at the Action Building the night of the show beginning at 5 p.m. Doors open at 7, bell time at 8. As always, kids 10 and under are free. Invite all your friends and show them why we are SHW and this is our wrestling. What's up, guys? This is Mark here in the World's Strongest Man, and you're tuned in to The Faction. All right, so this time last week, we were going crazy, goo-goo, gaga, and everybody was asking for the podcast about CM Punk and the Survivor Series. So much happens in a given week that it's hard to believe that it's basically been nine days since CM Punk shocked the world returning to the WWE. Now, I need to spend some time unpacking this because by now, you saw his first promo on Monday Night Raw. You know that he will be on SmackDown this Friday as part of Tribute to the Troops. And while you've probably heard some things about how this whole deal happened, I want to talk about the significance of this deal. Now, CM Punk, one thing we have to be able to come to grips with, when they say he is the most polarizing figure in all of pro wrestling, that would be accurate. You either really, really like CM Punk or you really, really don't. And what I'm learning is a lot of our opinions are informed sometimes by the dirt sheets, other times by, you know, kind of some things that we've seen or experienced or what have you. But I will tell you this. I cannot say that I was the largest CM Punk fan in the world, but I found myself when CM Punk made his return to AEW, I felt chills. It was an incredible moment. And it was also the realization of, you know, we don't know how much longer we're going to get this, so we need to enjoy it. You know, then we heard all of the things that happened at the scrum, and what I saw at the scrum did not impress me a whole lot. But here we are in 2024, and CM Punk gets fired from AEW, and now he makes his way 
to the WWE. Here's why this is so significant. First of all, this was a day that I don't think anybody ever really thought would happen. CM Punk for nearly 10 years did everything he could to not be in the WWE. You guys even remember right before the pandemic, WWE had a show called Backstage, which was on FS1, part of its uh, deal with Fox in getting SmackDown, and they added CM Punk to that show. And Punk went on to tell the world that he's an employee of Fox and not the WWE. He wanted to make it extremely clear. He wanted nothing to do with the WWE. But here we are. One of the reminders here is to never say never, especially in the world of WWE. We have seen so many people make a return that people thought would never make their way back. I mean, the ultimate warrior, Jim Cornette, Bret the Hitman Hart. Like, you guys remember that? There have been so many moments where we never expected certain people to enter into the world of WWE. Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Eric Bischoff, people that we never, Paul Heyman, right? So many people have made their way into WWE that we never, ever expected because ultimately it is about what's best for business. And both Triple H and CM Punk said something that I thought was really, really powerful. They both said that people change and things change. CM Punk is not the same guy he was 10 years ago. The WWE is not the same place it was 10 years ago. So I think of all the think pieces that are out there and all of the opinions, I just want to remind us that this story informs us that everybody has the right to change. And that as wrestling fans and as human beings, we really should do ourselves and the world a favor and give people the grace to change. Yeah, even you, you have the grace to change. You have the opportunity to change. You are not obligated to be a prisoner of your past. So if you did some things that you didn't like before, shake it off and evolve, become a new person. CM Punk is showing us that you can grow and that you can evolve and that you can change. And so time will certainly tell what this run looks like for CM Punk and WWE. But it's very clear that the people like it. It is the most viewed social clip in WWE history. Now, think about that. There have been a few of those that have happened this year alone. From the start of the year where Sami Zayn gets kicked out of the bloodline. That was a super viral moment. When Jay Uso kicked Roman Reigns, that was a super viral moment. When Jay Uso pinned Roman Reigns, super viral moment. When The Rock made a return to WWE, super viral moment. When Jade Cargill showed up in WWE, super viral moment. WWE is killing it. At this point, it's likely over 100 million views because it was 91 million as of Friday Night SmackDown. So that's crazy. Couple that with suddenly CM Punk is the number one merch seller in both WWE and AEW. Now that has got to be a first. I don't think I've ever seen that happen where one person is the top seller in both major companies. So like it or lump it, CM Punk is great for everybody's business. He was great for AEW's business, and it seems as though already he's great for WWE's business. Last week's Monday Night Raw saw an uptick of over 400,000 viewers week over week compared to the week prior. 
Nearly a 30% jump in the ratings. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. And so, CM Punk wasn't the only return. You also had Randy Orton returning. And one thing that I noticed in watching Monday Night Raw this past Monday night is we suddenly have a ton of verifiable superstars in WWE. Think about it. You've got Cody Rhodes, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn. You've got The Judgment Day, which obviously includes Dom and Rhea Ripley. You've got Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair. You've got Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, right? Now you add CM Punk, Randy Orton. I've rattled off 11 household names at this point that get massive pops when they show up in WWE's world. Then there's also LA Knight to throw into the equation, right? 12 superstars. Major, major time in WWE. And you really do have to harken back to the Attitude Era when there were so many top stars all on the bill. So what does this mean for WWE? Well, what this means is everybody's got to make the most of the time they get on screen. Because let's face it, all of these stars have to have time. And if we're honest, these were some of the same problems that we were talking about in AEW. When AEW started signing all of these people, remember that one night, I believe it was all out in Chicago a couple of years ago, where we got a trifecta of debuts, ranging from Ruby Soho to Adam Cole Bebe to Brian Danielson. And we all went, holy cow, where are they going to fit all these people? And then a couple of weeks prior, there was CM Punk, and now you're looking, you got Adam Copeland on top of, you know, the MJFs of the world, on top of the Bullet Club Golds, on top of the acclaimed and all of the stars that are happening over in AEW. So what we are seeing is a good problem to have multiple stars in the company. And I was telling my good faction brothers this, and this is an interesting reminder. The numbers that Survivor Series did, which were record numbers by all account, happened without Roman Reigns on the pay-per-view and without the bloodline being the main story going into the Survivor Series. Last year's Survivor Series, the bloodline was in the main event in War Games. This year, no bloodline, no Paul Heyman, no Roman Reigns, and it did record numbers, which says we are in an extremely healthy place in the world of pro wrestling. WWE is cooking on all cylinders. AEW is doing well. Impact is doing well. Ring of Honor is making some noise. Independent promotions are doing well. It's a great time to be a pro wrestling fan. And so, love what you love, but love it vocally, right? You can love one thing without having to trash something else. And so then, whatever your flavor of pro wrestling, we like to bring it to you here at The Faction. And we like to remind you that there's a space for all of us. There is absolutely a space for all of us. Find your space. Rock in your space. And what I love is what the major organizations may or may not be doing. There's certainly an independent company 
that's covering that. So I want to remind you and invite you again to check out Ashe Wrestling at AsheWrestling.com. You can certainly check out some of the other promotions that I'm working with, IWE and SHW. You can check them both out on IWTV. We just dropped a brand new episode, Student Showcase 11 for the Nightmare Factory. It's on YouTube right now, featuring a young lady that whose name I want to remind you of. Her name is Isis Reed. Let me say it again. Isis Reed. She's in the main event against Angelica Risk, who has been on AEW as well as Ring of Honor. Let me tell you something. History is made on that show. First of all, this is the first time in these 11 student showcases that we've had an, a female main event. Secondly, Isis Reed is the youngest graduate of the Nightmare Factory at age 16. Okay? So you're seeing something special. Most of us didn't get the opportunity to see Rey Mysterio at age 16. Most of us didn't get to see the Hardys at age 16. But mark my words, barring injury or anything like that, we've got a star in Isis Reed. You will want to check her out on the Student Showcase 11 on the Nightmare Factory. It's on their YouTube page. Check that out. I'm doing commentary along with my longtime broadcast partner, Brandon Benefield, and Jordy Nolan is on the call as well. So make sure you're checking that out. And anywhere else you can check out the work that we're doing, make sure you are doing that. I also want to make sure that you are submitting to us your ideas for A, the top stories of 2023 or the stories that you'd like for us to recap specifically, and B, I'd love to know what kind of content would you like to see come 2024? It's really, really important that you let us know because we're really going to be working on some things to make 2024 an even better year. All right, guys, that's what I've got for you today. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Make sure you're sharing this with your friends, your fellow wrestling colleagues and the like. Let them know what's going on here with the faction. Again, pick up some merch if you'd like and let us know what you'd like for us to talk about going into 2024 and what you believe the biggest stories of 2023 happen to be. Until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the award-winning EP, John Murray, I am Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I my people, here we go.